Program. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. The latest news is that the President of the United States has, through OSHA, ordered that another 80 to 100 million Americans be marked for security by the end of the year. Welcome to Viewpoint. Will you be marked for security? That's the question. That's the question before us here today on Viewpoint. I'm glad that you've joined us. As always, it's ever-increasing conviction. Talk that transforms today. Shortly before the broadcast, I was interviewed by a radio uh, program in Houston, Texas. And the questions were something like this. Are these the end times? What evidence do we have? Is the Antichrist already here? And will Christians take the mark? There were about 15 questions, and those were the four that really stood out to me. They were the central questions. Marked for security. I want to share with you an alert that came through on March 26, 2020, a year and a half ago. It came from Microsoft Technology, you know, Bill Gates, He filed a shocking patent application bearing the number WO2020006060. It was titled Cryptocurrency System Using Body Activity Data. I have absolutely that shocking patent application in my possession. The abstract or summary of the patent purpose in the words of Microsoft is as follows. Listen carefully. Human body activity associated with a task provided to a user may be used in a mining process of a cryptocurrency system, a sensor communicatively coupled to or comprised in the device of the user may sense body activity of the user. The cryptocurrency system communicatively coupled to the device of the user may verify if the body activity data satisfies one or more conditions set by the cryptocurrency system and award cryptocurrency to the user whose body activity data is verified. Well, the short form of this patent application number is 60606. And the purpose of the patent is to virtually establish or establish a virtual digital currency to be implemented by a centralized system having a central point of control over the cryptocurrency. By the way, that's a direct quote. Here it is again. It's a virtual or digital currency to be, quote, implemented by a centralized system having a central point of control over the cryptocurrency, unquote. Dare anyone say that no man may buy or sell without the mark and authorizing release of the new global cryptocurrency? But that's exactly what it's about. Then there was the cover story of Science Translation Magazine. Science Translational Magazine, or Medicine, now declares as reported December 19, 2019, by bioengineering.rice.edu.com. 
uh, E-D-U-L quantum dot tattoos. Here's what it says. The development of quantum dot tags that fluoresce with information after they're injected as part of a vaccination. Notice the word vaccination. According to Kevin McHugh, professor of bioengineering at Rice University, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has both requested and funded this new technology to be administered by an intended, globally administered, and mandated vaccination. So this then becomes, you might say, the surreptitious delivery system for global inoculation of vaccine coupled, coupled with a cryptocurrency marker for which the new Microsoft patent has been applied. So, the writer goes on in this cover story for Science Transactional a Transactional Medicine, saying, instead of ink, this highly specific medical record consists of copper-based quantum dots that deliver the vaccine and leave a pattern of tags just under the skin, where they become something like a barcode tattoo. So now we can know who's been immunized and marked with global cryptocurrency authorization. A hired bioethicist said, quote, we're on solid ethical ground as long as people can opt out, like getting the patch with only the vaccine, unquote. So this now gives all new meaning to the word surveillance, doesn't it? And its scope, as was reported by Dr. Burks and Dr. Anthony Fauci, in COVID-19 reporting, where both doctors being closely associated with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Surveillance for vaccination ultimately becomes surveillance for authorization for use of the now cashless cryptocurrency system soon to be the mark of a mandated global government. That was all a quote, friends, from the cover story for science Translational medicine. Have you been listening? Are you sure? Have you really been listening with your mind, with your heart, with your emotions? Setting aside your fears, have you been listening carefully to what was just said? If you have, you will realize why the title of this program is Marked for Security. So the question then is, have you been marked for security, and will you be marked for security? So the technological groundwork for implementation of a global mark is, well, it's nearing completion, as you can see. Popular applications of supporting technology are now readily received, and resistance is diminishing. How do we know resistance is diminishing? Because over a 100 million Americans have already received a COVID vaccine that isn't a vaccine. They submitted to what they were told without information, and then many of them even after they were given information that should have warned them about the dangers associated with it, went ahead anyway. And why did they do it? 
because of fear. They felt pressure, and that pressure is increasing. That's why we opened the program today with the announcement that Joe Biden, who earlier has said absolutely his administration will not mandate people take the vaccines, now has moved way beyond that and said, yes, indeed, we're going to use OSHA to compel every employed man and woman in the country and their employers under threat of massive fines to deliver this vaccine by the end of the year or by, what is it, January 4th. Do you think we should talk more about this? We will. Stay tuned. This is Viewpoint. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Perhaps shocking to many, even the patriarch of the Russian Orthodox Church has joined in warning of the coming mark. In an interview with Russian state media on January 28, 2019, in uh, Themos, what is it? Anyway, it's uh, a Russian Times article patriotic krill or patriarch krill warns quote antichrist will control humans through gadgets unquote he said again i quote humans dependence on modern technology will result in the coming of the antichrist unquote then he went on to say the russian leader went on to say quote the collection of user data, including location, interests, and fears, will make it possible for humans to be controlled by external forces, unquote. So, this is a very important thing. And some might say, well, what does this have to do with our faith? What does this have to do with being a Christian? What does this have to do with God's expectations in our lives? Why is this such a big deal? Well, the reason it's such a big deal is because the presentation of this mark, referred to as the mark of the beast, will require a religious component to complete the deception. You say, what's that? Well, a miracle-working false prophet called another beast is going to come up out of the earth, in other words, rise up among the people, exercising all the power of the first beast, And this beast, prophet, is going to cause all who dwell on the earth, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive this mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. What's the purpose? Well, the purpose is to enforce and facilitate the power and control of this final world beast government, the revived Holy Roman Empire, the Western world that no man 
might be able to buy or sell unless they have the mark. So spiritual deception is going to be accomplished by means of these so-called miracles performed by the false prophet, which he's going to have power to do in the sight of the beast, according to the Bible. This beast prophet is going to be unbelievably persuasive, capturing the minds and hearts of vast majority into the seductive false trust of a counterfeit savior. And the Apostle Paul tells us why this is going to happen, why the majority of people on the planet are going to receive that mark and be deceived. Number one, he says, they receive not the love of the truth, and number two, they have pleasure in unrighteousness. So how do you protect yourself and those in your charge? That's the bigger question. It's not that this is coming. It is coming, and it's coming rapidly. The question is, now what? Now what do I do? Why do I do it? And how am I going to have the courage or the strength or the fortitude or the endurance or the patience in order to be able to do or respond the way I should from God's viewpoint? And you see, the only viewpoint that matters is God's. Your viewpoint doesn't matter, except that it will determine your destiny. So the only viewpoint that really ultimately matters is God's viewpoint. Therefore, the powers that be that are coming upon the earth will do everything they can to undermine God's viewpoint. Now, whether they're able to undermine God's viewpoint in your life will determine on where you stand with the Lord where you and your children and your grandchildren and, pastor, the people under your charge stand with the Lord. This is not a game. We're coming down to the wire. So, one of the questions that the uh, uh, talk show host asked me concerning the book Antichrist this afternoon was, are these the end times? So, here would be, here is my simple answer to that. There are three specific times that the Bible talks about as related to the end times. The first is called the last days, or the end times, the end of the age. Those three terms. That began with the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ and the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. The prophet Joel told us that. He said this was that which was spoken of, or that in the last days my spirit will be poured out on all, on all flesh. So Peter, on the day of Pentecost, repeated what Joel said and said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days this is what was going to happen. So the last days began about 2,000 years ago. In fact, the last days began about 2,030 years ago. I want you to think about that about 2,030 years ago. Now, a lot of that depends upon how you measure the calendar, the Hebrew calendar, and how our calendar lines up. And when was Jesus actually born? And when did he conclude his ministry? When was he crucified and rose again? Many believe that Jesus was not born in year zero or year one A.D., who was actually born about four years before that. 
If that be the case, that he was born three or four years before that, then he would have concluded his ministry about 2000, about uh, the year 30 A.D. 2,000 years from 30 A.D. would bring us to what? 2030 or 2130, somewhere around there. Well, guess what? What is the date now set? What is the date now set for the Great Reset to be fulfilled? 2030. Are you listening? Now, there are two other times that are mentioned in the Bible as related to the end times. The next one is called the latter days or the latter times. That term is used, for instance, in Ezekiel chapter 38. Concerning the Gog and Magog War, where there is going to be a confederation of nations, probably led by Russia and with involving Iran and uh, Turkey and Germany and Libya and many other nations with them that will rise up against Israel in the latter times or the latter days to take a spoil. That period is roughly speaking, depending upon how you look at it, perhaps something like 200 years long. In fact, you might actually say that the latter days began somewhere in the mid to late 1700s. In fact, it was in the mid-1700s when George Frederick Handel penned penned his monumental uh, testamentary uh, oratorio called Messiah that wedded together the various prophecies of the Word of God by music that had been announced to the world to prepare the world for the end times and the coming of Christ for since the mid-1700s. You see, God is very patient with people. He gives people a very long time to respond. Then there's a third time, and that period is called the Day of the Lord. The Day of the Lord is a very, very short period of time. At the very end of the last days and at the very end of the latter days. It is the day when it is the short period of time when God himself says enough is enough, time will be no more, and he begins to pour out his own judgment on the children of disobedience. The book of Revelation gives us much of that picture with the bold judgments and trumpets and all of that. It's going to be a horrific time. Fortunately, fortunately, those who are truly walking with the Lord in the light of his word, in obedience and humility and in repentance, they will not be appointed to God's wrath. But there's a period of time before that, a significant period of time before God's wrath is poured out that doesn't even begin until the end of chapter 6 of the book of Revelation. That man's wrath will increasingly be brought out. 
There is nothing in the scripture that says that humankind, including Christians, will avoid man's wrath. There are no promises to that effect. Contrary to popular opinion, we may wish there were, but there were, but there are not. And that's why Jesus said, he that endures to the end shall be saved. Now, he wasn't talking about those who live to the end through the persecution. He's talking about those who actually keep the faith and don't collapse under the pressure, which is called tribulation, during that time. You see, the word tribulation actually comes from the Greek word thlipsis, which means pressure. I want to ask you a question. Are you experiencing increasing pressure? Of course you are. Every one of us is. The whole world is, friends. The leaders of our world are. What do you think was going on in Glasgow this last 10 days? What do you think was going on in the G20 summit in Rome? Pressure. Political pressure. And they intend to apply that political pressure on you. Mr. Biden is applying that political pressure on every single American, even though he said he was not going to do that. They lure us into a vulnerable state where we're not prepared to stand. Now, please be aware, before we go further, I do not now and have never maintained that the current uh, jabs, which are not vaccines, they're jabs, they're admittedly not true vaccines by the CDC in the last couple of weeks. I do not believe that they in and of themselves are the mark of the beast. But I do believe it's the precursor that it's setting the stage to prepare every man, woman, and child in the world, and particularly in the Western world, to receive that infamous mark. We have been prepared. We have been desensitized and Somewhere around 80 to 100 million American workers are going to be facing unbelievable choices in the next uh, 60 days. In the next 40 days, 45 days. So, are these the end times? Absolutely. We're nearing the end of the period of time called the end of the age or the last, last it should be the latter days the latter days of the last days. Now, what evidence do we have? Well, I've already shared a lot of that evidence with you. We opened with a a massive quote from the patent application for the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation concerning this very kind of nano mark that will wed together a vaccine and 
cryptocurrency that will eliminate all other cash transactions and be totally governed by a world system. That's the goal. In addition to that, we know that Israel became, was reborn as a nation in 1948, May 14th. We know that millions have been making Aliyah to Israel, just as the ancient prophets foretold. Back to Eretz Israel, the land of Israel, to fulfill the promises that God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that's just a number, a few things. They're monumental, and there's a confluence of all of them. We're in those days, friends. So is the Antichrist already here? That was the next question. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. We now come to a couple of very interesting questions as we talk about being marked for security. What is security anyway? Benjamin Franklin, I believe, is the one who said that those who choose security over freedom deserve neither security nor freedom. Well, what if you rephrase that and said, those who choose temporal security over eternal salvation deserve neither temporal security nor eternal salvation? And that's going to be the fulcrum over which people will make their choices. So is the Antichrist already here? Before we talk about that, I want to make available to you my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. Uh, it's a very unusual book. No, we don't try to name the Antichrist. That is an exercise in foolishness and futility. How many professing Christians and pastors and so-called prophetic voices have made fools of themselves and of the church and of the kingdom of God by attempting to do that or to tell the time, the day of Christ's return, that kind of thing? We don't do that. That is an exercise in pride and foolishness. On the other hand, God has given us very substantial identification features as to how to identify this coming imposter so that you and I are not seduced by him. And that's what the book is about. I can almost assure you you've never read another book like it. It'll open your heart, open your eyes. It's not just about information. 
It's about transformation for the reader. And as you read the book, I trust that the Holy Spirit will touch your own heart and life. And you'll be strengthened and encouraged. But bear in mind, when you read the Bible, very few people will actually read the whole Bible and pay any attention to it. Especially the Old Testament. And here's the reason why. Because they think it's too negative. They don't want to read it. Well, I don't want to read that. I want to be encouraged. Okay. Have you ever heard the passage, They who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Have you heard that one? It's one of the favorite ones to put on uh engravings, on posters, uh, encouraging words. Yeah. And you know where they come? At the very end of a chapter that is nothing but negative. You see, it's, but they that wait upon the Lord. It's not a a generic promise. It's an exclusive promise to those who truly wait upon the Lord. How about the words from Jeremiah 29:11? Another area of very very quoted a very quoted passage. Very encouraging. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give unto you a hope and a future or an expected end. I love that passage. It's very encouraging. But did you know that that comes One verse in the context of another, of all the rest of Jeremiah's writings that are very negative. Very negative. Warning. You see, our problem in human nature is, as Jeremiah said, the heart of man is desperately wicked who can know it. And we want to hear what we want to hear, don't we? All of us do. Not just you. We all want to hear what we want to hear. And that's part of our problem. That is the flesh that is lording it over our spirit. There is a reason why God, in his mercy and compassion and kindness, gives us such a monumental set of warnings in the Bible. You know why that is? Because he knows our propensity not to listen. He knows he's going to have to emphasize and overemphasize the problem before we will embrace his solution. And so, because he's a merciful father, he's not going to let his kids get by with anything. He's going to do everything he can to woo us and to warn us and prepare us. And that's what we do on this program. That's what we do on this program. It's a wooing and a warning and a winning. Those three things, a wooing, a warning, and a winning. Every day, day after day after day, and even today. Now, I want to urge you to get a copy of the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter, because it is going to accomplish those three things in your life for such a time as this. 
$22 will put it in your hands. Now, bear in mind, this is a 450-page book. This is not just some little pamphlet. This is a serious discussion to prepare our minds and our hearts for what's happened in history, what is happening, and then how God intends for us to respond. $22 on our website, saveus.org, Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter. Or you can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. So, is the Antichrist already here? Very likely. Is he? I cannot say for sure. Do you know him? No, I don't know him either. But the Scripture gives us so many identification marks, ideas, understanding about his character and what he will be like so that we can identify him and what he is doing, the administration that he seeks to bring on, so that we are not seduced by it and brought to our proverbial knees before him as a counterfeit Savior. And that's what he is. He is going to promise a kind of security to the world that the world is already right now clamoring for. What do you think the so-called Great Reset is all about? That's what it's all about. It's all about trying to revamp the entire world economically, legally, morally, spiritually, in every way, so as to purport to bring a utopian world that is a perfect world governed by man, not God. That's its purpose. And the Great Reset is merely a euphemism for a one-world government, which even our 41st president, George Herbert Walker Bush, announced boldly before a joint session of Congress in 1990. Oh, yes, we are in these days. The spirit of Antichrist is multiplying as we speak. The spirit of Antichrist was meeting in Glasgow. The spirit of Antichrist was meeting at the G20 summit in Rome. The spirit of Antichrist was in the decree made by the President of the United States that by January 4th, I think it is, he is compelling 80 to 100 million people under OSHA regulations to get the vax. Not a vaccine at all, but a jab. Which he cannot, has no way of promising to be safe. It's still an experimental vaccine, and now he wants to import it on our children age 5 to 11 starting this week. Are you listening? Now, the fourth question that came through out of the 15 questions that stood out to me as I was interviewed today in Houston, will Christians take the mark? Well, my answer to that was, Millions of professing Christians will take the mark. They will. 
The host of the program was a little nervous about that. Probably because of some of his theological predilections. I don't know. We didn't talk about that. But I sense that. Well, are they real Christians? Well, let me ask you this. Are you a real Christian? What does it mean to be a real Christian? And let's suppose that you profess to be a real Christian. You profess to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can, you profess that you have confessed your sin, that you have repented from sin, from sin, and you're walking in righteousness and in holiness. Let's suppose that that, that is your case. You were baptized as an evidence of that. If you take the mark, were you a real Christian? I say, yes, you were, but... And this is where the problem comes in. You chose to forfeit or walk away from the Lord. Nobody else did it to you. No man took it from you. You took it from yourself. You chose to walk away to receive and pledge your allegiance to a counterfeit alternative Savior. And that's what the mark is all about. I hope you're listening very carefully with your heart. Don't try to make theological, uh, don't, don't try to engage in theological gem, uh, gymnastics in order to try to avoid the implications of this, because the Bible is quite clear. Possession of the mark of the beast on your person is a public declaration of your allegiance and submission to the power of the final beast empire, the resurrected Roman Empire, It's a testimony to your true trust. You see, that's the big issue. That's what God is really concerned about. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? If you do not, you can go through all of the incantations of ritualism, religious ritualism, and so on. But if you don't trust God, you don't trust God. It's simple as that. And this is going to be the final test. Is it going to come in our day? Very likely. It's moving rapidly. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Will Christians take the mark? Absolutely. Untold millions will take the mark. This is part of the great falling away, part of the great apostasy. It's the time when spiritual push comes to shove. 
It's a time very much like Daniel, who refused to submit to the king Nebuchadnezzar's edict and knew that there would be consequences. In fact, the consequences were conspired against him by other leaders within Nebuchadnezzar's realm, conspired to have Daniel thrown in the lion's den. You say, well, Daniel was delivered. Yes, but he didn't know for sure that he would be delivered. God did deliver him, but he didn't know for sure that he would be delivered. But nevertheless, he stood, and having done all to stand, stood without capitulating to the king's edict. Then he had three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had a similar test. You'll recall it. And the leaders of the realm, again, wanted to ingratiate themselves to King Nebuchadnezzar, so they had an order prepared that a monstrous statue colossal statue would be prepared looking like Nebuchadnezzar a golden statue and that when it was prepared that there would be the sound of all the musicians it would be a great fanfare and that everyone in the realm then would bow down to this statue now this is very much like you bowing down to a command to take a mark. Maybe even to take a vaccine or to take a jab when in your heart you know that it's very dangerous and you know that there are nefarious reasons why it's being promoted. Now, I'm not here to tell you what to do in this regard because I've already told you I'm not convinced that this jab right now, is the mark of the beast. But it's setting you up for it. And therein lies the problem. It's preparing your mind and your heart to succumb. So here are the three Hebrew young men, and they were told to bow down, and they didn't bow down. So they were taken before King Nebuchadnezzar, and they said, King, I'm sorry, uh, we're just, uh, we, we respect you as king, but we have a greater king. And uh, he says that we will not bow down, we must not bow down. It's idolatry, it's part of the Ten Commandments, and we cannot do that. And we will not. Well, we're going to heat this uh, oven seven times hotter, and you'll be sorry. They said, King... That's okay. The God that we serve might deliver us. He's able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. Now, fortunately, in this particular instance, God did deliver them. But he didn't deliver Isaiah from being put in a log and cut in half. Did he? He didn't deliver the 20 men clad in orange jumpsuits that were paraded by the Muslims out there along the Mediterranean Sea in Libya 
and had their heads sliced off in public. He didn't deliver them, did he? He didn't even rapture them, did he? No. Are you beginning to get the point? There's some serious choices to be made. And the prom- the mark of the beast represents the promise and power of man to protect you and to provide for your needs. And since the final global empire is man's best and ultimate effort to govern without God, and since the mark is the indicia of a man in whom Satan himself, the master deceiver, is going to virtually incarnate himself as a false Christ, a person's choice to receive that mark, regardless of whatever rationalization he can conjure, will have the power to separate or sanctify that person to Satan, not God. So that mark becomes a very powerful lever, leverage to compel every man and woman and child to bow to the beast. And the only powers over which the beast and its mark have no ultimate dominion are the power of God and your power to choose. And this, this imposter Christ is going to be very persuasive. He's, he's virtually the incarnation of Satan himself. His persuasive power as the son of perdition is the power of life and death. And your choice is going to be perceived as a choice of life or death on earth. But if you do not receive the mark, you'll be unable to buy or sell within the global economic system. So it'll jeopardize your survival. You may even have to risk execution as a traitor to the empire, just as it was for early Christians. On the other hand, if you receive the mark in fear rather than reject it by faith, you're going to have failed the ultimate and final test of your trust. And those who take the mark are going to do so from God's perspective as an act of worship, as a deified man of the deceiver, Satan. Therefore, taking the mark also has the power to deprive you of eternal life with our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of creation. So choosing to receive the mark promises temporal peace and provision and security for a while, but choosing to reject the mark of the beast may result in loss of earthly life, but in the gaining of eternal peace and salvation. So, As is written in the book of Revelation, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God and shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. So here's the big question. Will you opt in or opt out? And the mark is permanent. Once you receive it, there is no turning back. The Bible makes that very clear. There is no turning back. All right. Fortunately, true followers of Jesus Christ are not appointed to the wrath of God. It will follow Satan's wrath through the Antichrist. I can encourage you with that word. We're not appointed to God's wrath. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we're not appointed to 
Satan's wrath or to the Antichrist's wrath. In fact, where Jesus himself warned about it. He said, he that endures to the end shall be saved. The deception is going to be monumental. Read about it in Matthew chapter 24. The prophet Daniel describes what this counterfeit Christ is going to be like. We tell about that in the book, Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter. Lay it out in in ways that you cannot miss. And the purpose of that is not to frighten, but to inspire faith. It's going to require great faith that will undergird great trust so that you and I can overcome great trials. That's why we're talking about this. That's why the book was written. It wasn't written to make money. If it was written to make money, it wouldn't be written this way. None of the books that I have written are written to make money. They're not written to market well. But they are written to communicate a message that God wants communicated because of his mercy and his compassion, his long-suffering, and his patience. I hope that you will avail yourself of the opportunity to get the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. It's a uh, $22 book. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA. You can write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, or call us 1-800-SAVE-USA again. Now, here's my final exhortation to you about preparing your life. Daniel warned, the prophet Daniel warned, that the little horn, Antichrist power, made war with the saints and prevailed against them. So this counterfeit Christ given over totally to Satan will blatantly blaspheme God. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Revelation 13, 7. So then how should you and I live? What should we do? How will you stand in the evil day? Will you walk in fear or in faith? What's the trajectory of your life? Will you live in trust or in terror? Today, right now, is the day to decide. Before that final deception makes it a 100 times more difficult. Will you opt in or opt out? Now, this is so important, moms and dads and grandparents. We need to be preparing our kids. I tell you, I have been doing what I have been able to do to influence my daughters during their whole life to prepare the way. Gradually over time, knowing that this time would come. They understand that. They all believe that we're in these times. The greater challenge now is with our ten grandchildren. Your challenge is not just with your kids, it's with your grandchildren. 
This is the ultimate legacy, friends. A legacy of truth, a legacy of faith, a legacy of trust, a legacy of salvation, a legacy of hope. For our hope is based on nothing less than Jesus and his righteousness. We dare not trust anything else but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock we must stand. All other ground, all other vaccines, all other promises, all other uh, promises and hopes are sinking sand. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on affirmatively the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the deception of the devil. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation of the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always and watching with all perseverance. Satan has his mark, friends, but God has his as well. One is a mark of eternal destruction and damnation. The other is a mark of eternal deliverance. Immediately before God pours out his wrath, he instructs an angel, having the seal of the living God, to seal the servants of our God in their forehead. So which seal will you receive? The seal of God or the mark of the beast? Will your trust be in man? in the master Mm. Antichrist how to identify the coming imposter on our website saveus.org saveus.org call us 1-800-SAVE-USA and can I urge you please seriously consider becoming a partner friends we're preparing the way of the Lord for history's final hour we're in that hour do you not see that yet it's so hard to raise the resources to keep the program going become part Become God's hand extended to help get the message out. Will you do that? Go to the website, saveus.org. Let's be partners together. God bless and be a blessing. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home. 